All right, here we go, Four Oaks. It is Friday morning. Let's see here, October 22nd, 2021. And if you've stumbled across this feed, this is something that we call the Romans Rewind. This is an opportunity we take every every weekday, eight o'clock sharp, 10, 15 minutes to unpack a portion of the book of Romans. And so this parallels the sermon series that we're doing at Four Oaks on Sunday mornings, where we're preaching expositionally through the book of Romans. But we're taking these times, these little segments of time during the week to hop on different themes, thoughts, ideas, verses, um, concepts that maybe we didn't have an opportunity to unpack in detail during the sermon, but we're sort of following up as we go here and highlighting those things that might be particularly relevant or that you might have questions about. And so once again, as a reminder, you can email me your questions at paul.gilbert at fouroakschurch.com. Now we are entering this section of Romans, um, Romans 3, and like kind of all the way forward from here on out. Um, we, where the Old Testament plays an increasing, um, increasingly important role in Paul's arguments and disputations and the points that he is trying to prove. And that's important to remember that when the, the early church was wrestling with this idea of Jesus as the Messiah and Paul was reasoning with the Jews in the synagogue, he was doing so on the basis of their shared Old Testament. That was the only God's word that there was. And it was the Bible of the early church. And it was not until Paul and Peter and John and James and others began to write their letters to be circulated among the New Testament churches that, that emerged this New Testament canon. And it's important for us to remember for this reason that a lot, a lot of times the Old Testament um, is a neglected part of our study in Bible reading. When in reality, if you don't understand the Old Testament, um, it's going to be difficult to understand the prophetic promises. It's going to be difficult to understand the analogies, the citations that we see all over the New Testament. Um, case and example one is this passage here in Romans 3 that we've been looking at, Romans 3, 21 through 26. Let me, let me again read this for us, and then I want to note some of the Old Testament themes and highlights and connections and why they're important for us to understand. Romans 3.21, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Christ Jesus for all who believe. For there is no distinction for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. And let me just point out a couple of places where a knowledge of the Old Testament, a, fil a familiarity with the Old Testament is just absolutely essential and required to understand what Paul is talking about here. And as we've said before, this is the critical turning point passage in the whole book of Romans. It's been bad news up to this point, and now Paul is giving us the but now God has a plan to redeem mankind and to draw sinful man back into relationship with himself. But he makes this argument from the Old Testament. Look at verse 21. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. What, what does that mean? What it means is that Paul is saying that that from the very beginning, 
okay, in the Old Testament, salvation was always meant to be um, something that was received by grace, okay, through faith. It was never a situation in the Old Testament um, once the fall had taken place where man was commanded to be obedient to the law um, as a means of gaining salvation. That was never the, the intent, right? The intent was always that it would be through faith. And we're going to get to a section here in Romans 4 where Abraham is lifted up as the example par excellence of what it means to walk by faith, to be justified by faith. And so when Paul says that the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, what he means is that salvation was never meant to be accomplished through obedience to the law, okay? So what is the Old Testament there for then? Well, it's there because, Paul goes on to say, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. In other words, everything about the Old Testament is leading toward Christ. Everything is fulfilled in him. Everything points to him. He is the center of the fulfillment of the Old Testament. Remember when Jesus is on the road to Emmaus, he's just talking to the disciples, and he says he opened their eyes, okay, to see that from the law and the prophets, everything that was going to be fulfilled about himself. And so, so what Paul is essentially saying here is that the Old Testament never meant for salvation to be by, by anything but by grace through faith. And it testified to this by pointing to Christ as the ultimate fulfillment of that. Now, obviously, when he goes on down here to talk about how God and his divine forbearance passed over former sins, he's speaking very specifically about those saints in the Old Testament who had been saved by grace through faith that God had passed over their sins. Now, when we say he passed over them, we could have the misconception that God just sort of forgave them arbitrarily, right? Or because he, he, um, he felt compassion upon them and they couldn't do any better than they just had done their best and now God was going to forgive them. That's not the way it worked. God's intention, and we said this before, was always to save his people by faith, by grace, and through the person and work of Jesus Christ. So even though Old Testament saints were, did not have Jesus Christ incarnated to look to, to trust in, to put their faith in, God appropriated the faith that they had at that time into the future coming of his son. And Paul says the reason that this had to be done was because God was righteous and is righteous. And here you can, you can even see here that Paul is appealing to the fairness of God in the Old Testament as a, as a ground for his argument. And what we mean by the fairness of God is that we typically think that fairness is everyone having an equal shot at having placing faith in Christ. Well, in the Old Testament, fairness would have been God obliterating everyone because of their sin. It would have, what we saw in the destruction of the earth um, during the Noahic flood should have been the standard all along. However, God in his gracious mercy and compassion um, initiated relationship with this pagan named Abraham. We're going to learn more about him next week. This pagan named Abraham. It was by Abraham's faith that he was saved, and God gave them this ritual system of sacrifice in order to point them to the necessity of a permanent sacrifice. But it was always going to be by grace. 
you know, we, we, we've talked about this before, but, but the point I'm wanting to make here now is that this was the system of the whole Old Testament. This is what the Old Testament was about. It was about their yearning for a permanent sacrifice. It was for their yearning for a permanent king. It was for their yearning for their sin to be decisively dealt with. And it was this, what, this is what Paul means when he says this righteousness was manifested apart from the law, but the law and the prophets bear witness to it. And what they also bore witness to was that God in his infinite compassion and mercy was passing over their sins, even though their Messiah had not come. And one of the things that I just want to point out is just how amazing is the grace of God, how amazing is his mercy, um, that, that we should be in a posture of humility and obedience and worshipfulness um, over the fact that God has rescued us through his son. And instead of questioning God, putting God on the witness stand, God on the dock, asking him, you know, inquiring of him, putting him on trial for his ways, accepting who he is in his sovereign mercy. And it's all of this is, again, predicted, prophesied, and spoken to in the Old Testament. And it is now that Paul is unpacking the Old Testament and saying, read correctly, it all points to Jesus. And now that's really going to be really important for us as we move forward, because Paul is going to um, call several Old Testament figures to the witness stand to testify this. He's going to call Moses to the witness stand. He's going to call David to the witness stand. He's going to call Adam to the, to the witness stand. And we are going to be encouraged, challenged to take this journey through the Old Testament with Paul so that we come out on the other side thanking God for his grace, thanking God for his mercy, thanking God for his redemptive plan, which was established before the foundation of the world. God had been preparing the way for the coming of the Messiah, the coming of his son. And so um, encourage you as we are walking through the book of Romans or preaching through it on Sunday mornings is that when we come to these Old Testament concepts, these Old Testament themes, is just to pause and to go back and read, read on them. Go back right now and read Genesis 12 and 13 and 14 and 15 about Abraham. Go back to 2 Samuel and read about David. Um, go back to Genesis 1 and three, one through 3 and read about Adam. Um, these are all things that Paul are in his kind of biblical repository and that he's constantly pulling um, together to make his arguments and his points in the book of Romans. And so don't neglect your Old Testament, Four Oaks. Um, what a great opportunity to, to become even more acquainted with the Word of God. Okay, that's it for this week. We'll be back here on Monday talking about the very next passage that we'll be preaching on, uh, on Sunday mornings at Four Oaks. And of course, this has to do with the idea of boasting. And if you want to read ahead, Romans 3, 27 through 31 is going to be our text. And I uh, hope you're there to join us. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you. Um, that through your divine forbearance, you were patient with us. Thank you, Lord, that you did not treat our sins and ourselves what, for what our sins deserve. But Lord, through your compassion, your grace, and your mercy, you revealed a salvation apart from the law, although the law and the prophets testify to it, a, a salvation that is by grace from first to last. Lord, we thank you for that grace. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend.